0: Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media.
1: Committed Christians are the true rebels in culture today.
0: Coming up on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie urges us to resist conforming to anything other than Christ-likeness.
1: Don't tell me it's rebellious to do what everybody else does and say what everybody else says and be a woke person and conform to pre-existing culture that is changing before our eyes you want to be a rebel, follow Jesus Christ. You'll be a real rebel today.
0: warns us that wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. A lot of people are going that way. It's the way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it's the way of death. On A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie shows us an alternative. He helps us through the narrow gate. It won't make us popular or politically correct, but better to live in a way that's pleasing to God, even if it displeases people, rather than the other way round.
1: I want to talk about a man that really changed his world. He is what we would call a hero of the Bible. And he did it during a very dark time in human history. Maybe the darkest it has ever been. I'm talking about the time before the great flood when God brought His judgment upon planet earth. Jesus called it the days of Noah. And it's relevant to us because Christ said, As it was in the days of Noah, so also shall it be when the Son of Man returns. So Christ is saying, remember how it was in Noah's day? It's going to be very similar in the time before my return. Yet, against this very dark background lived a man who walked with God, showing you can live a godly life in an ungodly culture. And I like to call him a world changer. What is a world changer? A world changer is someone who does not accept the status quo. Rather, a world changer wants to change the culture. They think for themselves and they do what is right. A world changer is a follower of Jesus Christ and they affect their surroundings more than their surroundings affect them. And a world changer is someone who wants to make a difference. In fact, world changers, or let me put it another way, committed Christians are the true rebels in culture today. Don't tell me it's rebellious to do drugs and party. That's status quo, man. Don't tell me it's rebellious to do what everybody else does and say what everybody else says and be a woke person and conform to pre-existing culture that is changing before our eyes. A world changer, a real Christian, is someone that believes this book and they live by what this book says. You want to be a rebel? Follow Jesus Christ. You'll be a real rebel today. You don't even need a leather jacket or a motorcycle or your wallet attached to a chain. I don't know why bikers always do that, you know. Who's going to take a biker's wallet anyway, but you know. But that's real rebellion in the best sense of the word. World changers are thermostats, not thermometers. A thermometer just tells you what the temperature is. A thermostat changes the temperature. And in the same way a world changer changes the world. Well, the guy I want to focus on, well, everyone knows the story. His name was Noah. We think of Noah. We immediately think of Noah's ark, and that's appropriate, but there's a lot more to his life than then. But Noah is one of a, a number of people, men and women that are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, which has been described as the hero's hall of faith, sort of the rock stars of the Christian world, of the Bible culture, the people that just stood out and lived as God wanted them to live. They're not in the hero's hall of faith because they were perfect. In fact, they were far from it. They're there primarily because they exercised faith. That's the word that keeps popping up again and again. By faith, they did this. By faith, they did that. And it just reminds us that you don't have to be a perfect person to be used by God. God is not looking for ability. He's looking for availability. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He's just looking for some man, some woman, young or old, to just say, all right, Lord, here I am. Send me. I want to make a difference in my world. I want to make a difference in my family. I want to make a difference in my culture. I mean, look at some of the people God used, for Pete's sake. I mean, there's some people that messed up pretty badly. When we think of Abraham, oh, Abraham, the father of faith. Yeah, he had faith. But he stumbled in his faith at least twice, lying. Sarah, his wife, laughed at the promises of God. Then she denied that she laughed. Samson, he made it into the hall of faith. He was a woman chaser and a pretty immoral guy. Gideon struggled with fear and self-doubt. Rahab was a prostitute. David had an affair and murdered a man to cover it up. Elijah, the prophet, struggled with depression and wanted to die. The Samaritan woman... Had multiple divorces. The disciples fell asleep when Jesus asked them to pray. Simon Peter denied the Lord three times. Timothy had an ulcer. Lazarus was dead. So what's your excuse? (laughs) I mean seriously God cannot use you. And Noah the guy we're going to focus on for the next two times. Is a man who got drunk. And put himself in a compromising position, but God gave him a second chance. But here's what Moa, uh, Moa, who's Moa? Okay, that's a new character I just invented. <laughs> Moa was his brother, his lesser-known brother. Moa, he just built a little rowboat with a hole in it. But Noah, he, you know, <laughs> Noah built an ark, right? But Noah had great faith and a great God. I think he's a misunderstood character, even caricatured. Of course, uh, I'd seen in cartoons. Uh, Steve Carell uh, portrayed him for laughs in Evan Almighty. Then there was that film where Russell Crowe portrayed Noah. That was one of the weirdest films I've ever seen. I think he was channeling Gladiator more than Noah, because there's a scene when he's getting the ark ready to go and people are trying to get in, and Russell Crowe as Noah is killing people so they don't enter the ark. That's actually not what happened in the Bible. The fact is the door to the ark remained open for a long time so anyone who wanted to come could come. The fact is nobody wanted to go in the ark. But uh, so there's all these distortions of the story and it's important to go back to what the Bible says. So Hebrews 11 tells us this. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. So there's several principles in this passage that help us to understand what made Noah tick. Here's point number one if you're taking notes. God revealed secrets to Noah. God revealed secrets to Noah. Hebrews eleven seven. He was divinely warned of things not yet seen. See, God spoke to him, and his faith was activated. And I wonder if God has spoken to you lately. You know, sometimes people say, I don't think God ever speaks to me. I remember hearing Pastor Chuck Smith tell the story of his grandson, who said to his mom, mom, God never speaks to me. She said, honey, you know when you do something wrong and you feel bad in your heart for doing it? He says, yeah. She says, that can be God speaking to you. And he paused for a moment and then said, Mom, God speaks to me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of ways God speaks to us. But He does speak to us. And the primary way He speaks to us is through the Word of God. But God revealed a secret to Noah. The Bible says, the secret of the Lord is with those that fear Him. When my grandkids were smaller, I used to take them to secret places I would say, you know, we're going to a restaurant. Do you want to go in the regular way like all the other people? Or do you want to go in the secret way? Oh, they'd get all excited. The secret way, Papa. And I'd just take them in through a side door. But they thought it was secret. There was this park uh, that's uh, not far from our house. And so I said, we can go to the regular park or we can go to this other park. I call it the secret park. And that's where we went. It's not secret. Anyone can find it. But to this day, we still call it the secret park. Kathy say, I'm going to walk through the secret park. Well, you know, but we like secrets, right? So the secret of the Lord is with those that fear Him. God reveals things to Christians that people who are not believers don't understand. As an example, as a Christian, I know that God's Word is true. You see, the basic Christian, in many ways, knows more than some of the great intellects of our world. Because we believe this book, And we know because we believe this book that there are certain things that are true and certain things that are not true. For instance, we know man is not basically good. Man, that's a hard one to believe, isn't it? Oh, man's basically good. Really? Well, the Bible doesn't teach man is basically good. The Bible teaches that man is basically sinful. (laughs) Now that makes sense. And the world makes more sense when I accept the premise we're not basically good, we're basically sinful. But the Bible also teaches that God is good. The Bible teaches that one day judgment will come to the world. The Bible teaches that it's gonna get worse before it gets better. The Bible teaches that one day Christ will return and he will right every wrong. And Jesus even said to the Father, Father, thank you that you've hidden these things and revealed them to your children. So when you believe the Bible, you know things other people don't know. And Noah understood that, and God revealed secrets to him.
0: Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. And he's discussing the wide gate and the broad way that leads to destruction. Let's continue now with his study called the world changer at the end of the world.
1: Number two, Noah had a great reverence for God. He had a great reverence for God. I think that maybe this is lacking in our culture today. Have we become too casual with the Lord? Uh, Have we taken him for granted? Possibly. When it says he moved with godly fear, that does not mean that he cowered in fear before God. A better way to translate that would be he moved with reverence. We need to have reverence for God. And one definition of the fear of the Lord that I like is a wholesome dread of displeasing Him. A wholesome dread. Not cowering in fear, like God's gonna smack me, but rather, I love God so much, and God is so holy, I have this respect for Him. But maybe we've gone too far the other way. You know, Jesus is my homeboy, man. Hey, uh, newsflash, your homeboy so-called created the universe have a little respect when you talk to him. Have a little respect when you worship him. Have a little respect when you speak his name. Uh, I've gotten to know Dr. James Dobson pretty well over the last few years, and I've been with him in a lot of situations. And, uh, he'll say to me, Greg, call me Jim. And I'll say, okay, Dr. Dobson. And he goes, no, no, call me Jim. And I don't feel comfortable calling him Jim for some reason. And I think it's because I respect him. So I'll say, well, Dr. Dobson, or if I want to be super casual, I'll say, doc, listen. You know, so that I call him that out of respect. And, and so Noah had this reverence and respect for God and he never lost that reverence for the Lord. And so he was a last days believer because he was living in the time before the flood came. Why did the flood come? Why did God send judgment on the earth the first time? The answer is found in Genesis 6. I want you to turn over there if you would. Genesis 6. If you don't know where that is, it's right after Genesis 5. <laughs> Hang a hard left and go all the way and you will find Genesis 6, first book of the Bible. Genesis 6, 5 uh, gives us a description of the world in the days of Noah. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of his thoughts was only evil continually. You might underline that. Only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. I'd underline that too. I'll come back to it. So the Lord said, I'll destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, man and beast, creeping thing, and birds of the air. I'm sorry I made them. We'll stop there. What exactly was going on here on planet earth to bring God's wrath so heavily? Genesis 6.5 gives the answer. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. I'm just amazed at the things I read in the news today. You know, the news feed, just the atrocities, the, the horrible acts that people do against people. Uh, it's just endless. And you know, I don't even have to illustrate this. It's just heartbreaking. It's disturbing. And uh, it just seems like people find new ways to do evil things. And that's what was happening at this time. But you know, what this shows us is God is aware of the wickedness of man. He's paying attention. And their wickedness is full to the brim would be a better translation. Sort of like an overflowing trash can or a septic tank, you know. It's bad. It was stinking to high heaven. It was so bad. You know it's interesting. The book of Genesis can be divided into three sections. Generation, degeneration, regeneration. Generation, degeneration, regeneration. So first it was generation when God created all things and said it was good. Then degeneration. That's when sin entered into the garden when Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, then regeneration. We're at phase two here, degeneration. And God said he's grieved. Now, it's interesting that the word grieved is used here in verse six. You only grieve for those you love. You don't grieve when some random person cuts you off on the road. You get angry maybe, upset. But it doesn't grieve you. It grieves you when your child uh, is disrespectful or goes astray or someone you love or care about says or does something that hurts you, you're grieved only by the people you love, right? So the fact that God uses the word grieve shows us that this is hurting the heart of God because he loves humanity. You remember Jesus looked over the city of Jerusalem and he wept over them because he knew they were effectively bringing judgment on themselves. And we read in Luke 19, 41, he saw the city and wept over it, said, "Oh Jerusalem, if you had only known this your day, the things that made for your peace. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever shed a tear for someone who is far from God? Have you ever shed a tear over a prodigal son or daughter, (laughs) over a prodigal mom or dad, over someone you care about that's going the wrong way? God takes no pleasure in bringing judgment on anyone.
0: It's Pastor Greg Laurie pointing out God's heart for lost sinners. Some good insight today on a new beginning. And tomorrow, Pastor Greg brings some more insight from this great hero of our faith. We'll continue learning from the life of Noah. That's tomorrow, same time, right here on A New Beginning. Now for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The World Changer at the End of the World. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-0050.